Friends, our scripture lesson today is taken from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 19, verses 28 through 40. After he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethphage and Bethany, at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it, just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Well, we've been supporting um, humanitarian efforts in Ukraine, uh, you know, with all of the horrible things that are happening. And uh, it was interesting, by the way, this week on MSNBC, the person who founded Baranova 27, that effort, uh, was interviewed uh, on MSNBC because he, he was a professional dancer and he's one of the pros on Dancing with the Stars, uh, which is not a show that I've watched, but a lot of people are familiar with him as a result. And so he has a lot of media visibility and so he brought a lot of wonderful publicity to it. But I was also watching this week and it was very interesting. They had an interview um, with four young people. They were in their 20s and it's in the western part of Ukraine, over near Lviv, so it's uh, closer to Poland. Um, and so there's less, uh, there's less war happening there, but um, you know, they still have air raid sirens and things like that. And the, the point of the interview was that these four young people were talking about the fact that their parents all live in Russia. And their parents have been listening to nothing but Russian state media during all of this. And so here they are in Ukraine, hearing what is happening, experiencing what is happening, and they were talking about the fact that their parents were telling them that it wasn't true. The, their parents are telling them, you've been listening to nothing but Ukrainian propaganda. Nothing is actually happening. You know, we know about this law that they've passed in Russia that if you call it a war, you could get 15 years in prison and this kind of thing. All right? So they're, they're being told that this isn't happening. So this very thing that they are in the middle of, that they are experiencing, that they are seeing and hearing about, they're being told by their parents, that's not true. Don't believe what you're hearing. Don't believe the air raid sirens. Don't believe what you're seeing. It's not actually happening. And they were talking about the pain of this. The pain of being told by your own family that what you know to be true isn't true. The pain of feeling like your life is in danger and your parents don't believe it. It was, so it was really interesting. And they said, well, what do you do about it? And they said, ultimately, we just don't talk about it anymore. It's fascinating. 
See, it's interesting what happens when we try to deny truth, try to deny what truth is, when ultimately we have to believe that at the end of the day, truth wins. We have to believe that at the end of the day, you can't just deny truth forever. And that's really what this story is about today. This Palm Sunday story, which, by the way, in the Luke telling, like remember last week with the anointing of Jesus, the story was the anointing of Jesus, and I talked about the fact that, that it's told in all the Gospels, but it's a different story in each Gospel. You know, who it is, where it is, um, you, you know, whether Jesus gets anointed on his head or his feet, this, the details were different in every telling of the story. This is Luke's telling of the Palm Sunday story, and what's interesting is that there are no palms in it. Okay, so this is... Cloak Sunday, all right? So in Luke's gospel, y'all should just put the palms down, take off your jackets, and throw them in the aisle. But what the stories have in common, of course, is that it's the triumphal entry of Jesus to Jerusalem, but it's a bittersweet triumph because he has the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, but it's a triumph that makes a little detour at the crucifixion on the way to the resurrection. And so it's, it's bittersweet that he's entering to this acclaim when the acclaim is leading him to a horrible death. But what we remember is that this is all a part of a plan that is unfolding. It's all a part of a plan that's unfolding, and this plan is a plan of purpose. Even the donkey is purposeful. It says, you'll find a colt that has never been ridden. The symbolism of this is the idea that the donkey has been reserved for this purpose. The donkey exists for this reason. It's not to be you know, a farm animal and do this. All right, it, it, it's, it exists to serve Jesus in this moment, to play this role in the story. Now, we presume that this was prearranged. This donkey, it's all a part of a plan that has unfolded. It's a plan that's been set up. We, we kind of presume that this was all prearranged, that when Jesus tells his disciples, and you go and you're going to find this donkey, and, they, and they're going to ask you, you know, why are you stealing my donkey? And you just say, the Lord needs it. And they're going to say, yes, it's not that we, we don't believe that it's because he knows that they would respond favorably. We believe that they actually had set this up at some point. After all, Jesus and his followers had been all through the area. They had gone to and fro for, for three years now. So they had met people along the way. And so we actually believe that this was a designated donkey that he knew about, and that he had told the owners at some point, a couple of my followers are going to come and they're going to need a young colt. And when they take it, this is how you'll know that it's for me. But we remember that even the donkey had a specific purpose. And in this story of purpose that can't be denied, in this story of truth that can't be denied, one of the things we need to do is reflect for ourselves, what is our purpose? What's our role? What is it that we are, are being called to do? 
that maybe we've denied too long. Something that we know God has placed within us to do on this earth. But for whatever reason, we haven't done it. And often, we know this to be true. We know about what God is calling us to do, and we believe because of what God has done in our lives already. What it says in the story is that the disciples were praising God joyfully for all the deeds of power that they had seen. They knew what the truth was about Jesus because they had seen what he was able to do. They sought, and you couldn't convince them that they hadn't seen what they had seen. So they saw the power. They saw it with their own eyes. And so they believed, and so they began to shout this acclamation, which, by the way, is not something they made up. This is Psalm 118. Okay? So they're reciting words from the end of Psalm 118 that acclaim Jesus as the Messiah. So the disciples saw what he did. They saw his power. They saw the truth. They knew the truth. And they proclaimed this truth with the words from the Psalms promising the coming of the one who would come in the name of the Lord. Now, the Pharisees didn't like this. Now, they didn't like it. They wanted to deny it. And so they tell Jesus, order your disciples to stop. This happens all the time. People often don't like truth in big things or in little things. We often don't like truth. We often think we can silence truth. Like Russia trying to silence truth about war, they can try. The reality is it only works for a little while. See, like Jesus says, he goes, if I told them to stop, if they stopped shouting, the stones would shout out. You can shut up the truth for a little bit, but it's not going to last. Eventually, the truth is going to come out. Truth can't be suppressed forever. Even if we don't like it, we can ignore it, but we can't do so forever. We know this. We know that if we try to live a lie, you can only do it for so long before it will catch up to you. And these truths can be external truths or internal truths. There are people who don't like scientific truth. You know, throughout the history of the world, people have denied scientific truth. They've, you know, they've, no matter what it is, from evolution to climate change, there are people who've, who've tried to deny scientific truth. But what I think is even more important is the internal truths that we try to deny. People who will try to tell you that you're worthless when you know that you are created in the image of God and you are loved by God and you are valuable. The internal truth of believing that you were called to do a certain thing, to, do, to accomplish certain things, to try and be someone. And yet you had people along the way to try to tell you that you shouldn't, that you can't. You know, this week, a big story in the news was the confirmation of, of Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson. And one of the 
compelling parts of her life was the story that she was in high school. And you probably heard this because it was covered so, so broadly. She was in high school, and she was on a debate team, and she was, a very, she was a, an excellent debater, and they had a debate tournament at Harvard. And she came back from that debate tournament and told her high school counselor that she wanted to go to Harvard. At which point, her counselor responded with, don't set your sights so high. Hmm. Interesting. And this happens to a lot of people. It happens to a lot of people. Frankly, it happens more often to women and persons of color because of prejudices in society that say that you can't do it because we haven't seen other people do it, so, so therefore you can't. A story like this was uh, told in Michelle Obama's book, uh, Belonging. She told the story about that. And, so, um, and it was interesting because the story there was that you know, she had gone to Princeton and she had told her high school counselor that she wanted to follow in her brother's footsteps, who had also gone to Princeton. In fact, I overlapped with him. We were in a sociology class together. He was a basketball player at, at Princeton. And, um, and she said, I want to uh, follow in his footsteps and go. And her high school counselor said, you don't have what it takes. So it was interesting is that you have all these people who are being told they can't. And while she was writing that book, she um, apparently had a focus group of some friends who are mostly women of color, who, who read the book, read the story, and she asked them, how many of you, know, you know, like relate to this? And most of the people in the room said yes. That group included people like Shonda Rhimes, the TV producer who did like Grey's Anatomy and Scandal and, and stuff like that. And so I was reading an, an, an op-ed in, in the Washington Post this week that was recounting some of these stories, and they asked a really simple question that I think we need to ask ourselves. They said, are you now that guidance counselor? Are you that guidance counselor? You know, are, are you the person who someone says to you that they, they feel a calling to do something great? They feel a calling to do something different. They feel a calling to be more than what you have pigeonholed them as being able to be. Yeah. And have you been the person then to say, give it up. You're dreaming. You can't do that. Have we been that guidance counselor? Or have we allowed that to be done to us? Have we allowed, have we expressed our dream, our vision, our call, the calling we feel on our lives and allowed someone else to talk us out of it? This morning at the, at the nine o'clock, wonders of technology, um, preaching the sermon, and on the prayer text line, uh, I actually get a text message uh, from Carol, who is in the congregation, adding to the Judge Jackson story. Because <laughs> she said she, she had heard that when, she, when Judge Jackson was actually at Harvard, she was feeling doubts about, she was down and feeling doubts about whether she belonged, and someone came along and just said to her, persevere, persevere, you belong here. 
And that word of encouragement meant so much to her. So which are we? Are we that guidance counselor or are we the person who isn't? Because I'll tell you, you know, my own guidance counselor in my own life planted the seed in me that I could do more. Because I still remember sophomore year. I don't think I remember anything else he said to me in four years. But <laughs> sophomore year, I took the PSATs, get the scores back. You had to go to the guidance counselor's office to get your scores then. They had gotten the reports first. And I walked into his office. He told me my scores. And he said, you know, those are, those are Ivy League numbers. He planted a seed. And we can decide which we're going to be. We can decide whether we are going to be that guidance counselor or be the opposite of that. Be the person who says persevere. Be the person who says follow your dream. Be the person who says, you know, you never know. See, I wonder if there's a truth that we've suppressed. A truth where we've allowed convention to make us be quiet, to make us suffer in silence, where someone has said, don't rock the boat, and we've said, okay, I won't. Where we've settled for less than we could be. But we need to remember that when we settle for less than we could be, we are settling for less than what God called us to be. Because whatever giftedness you have is a giftedness God created you with. So to settle for less than we could be is to do nothing less than reject what God has placed within us as potential. So I wonder, is there a God-given calling in you that wants to shout out? Is there a God-given calling in you where you know in your heart what you're called to be, what you're called to do, and somehow you've been told that you can't? Or maybe you've been told by this point in, in you know, my life or whatever that, it, that you're too old or it's too late. Whatever. But that's the thing. No such thing as too old or too late because the purpose to which God calls us is expressed in a now. The donkey was born, the donkey was tied up, and it stood there, sat there. I don't have no idea what donkeys do when they're not doing anything else, okay? It's just there donkeying until the moment when it was needed. So there's no too late because there's the time is the now for which you were called. See, the key phrase for the donkey is the key phrase for us. Jesus said, you go to the owner and you say, the Lord needs it. Implicitly, the Lord needs it now. Right now. Not a week ago. And not a week from now. Today. That same phrase applies to us. The Lord needs you. You need to know when that time is, when that moment is, where the thing that maybe you've been keeping 
held down in your life? The truth about who you are meant to be that you've been suppressing in your life, that greater purpose for which you were created? Maybe that has all been waiting for the moment at which you hear the Lord needs you. Because Palm Sunday, it was event, an event that needed to happen not just sometime, but at a particular time. Not before and not later. It was a part of a plan. It had a purpose. And that purpose couldn't be denied. Because even if Jesus had told the disciples to be quiet, the stones would shout. So within you, what is there that God has placed within you that maybe others around you have said to be quiet about? But you need to shout. Amen.